Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, and welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. You know where to get the POD cast, the award-winning POD cast. I don't know what awards we've won. I'll just give one to myself anyway. Like a uh, like an old dictator of old, just like pin another medal on my chest. For I am the adequate host at Christopher Fed on Twitter. As someone starts a leaf blower in my ear outside, I don't know if that's, is that going over the air? Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader at Detroit Online? Not that I know of. Okay. And it, well, if, if it was, it, it'd be an award-winning interruption of this It would podcast. be an award-winning adequacy as I am going to slide over here. So I will give you the honors, Jeremy, of introducing our third man. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. How do I do this? Very carefully. Uh, you, <laughs> you know him as the senior editor of Pride of Detroit. You know him as the co-host of First Bite, a Pride of Detroit product. It's the rock god himself. Back is the motherfucking rock god. Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore POD. You kind of screwed up the drop. I, I thought he did an adequate job. <laughs> um, Hold on. Sorry. Nobody's, nobody's allowed to do that. that that's, that's, like, that's, that's, that's mine. That's, that's mine. gimmick infringement. Um, yes, it is. You, you forgot, Jeremy, that I'm also the co-host of the Spotify live sessions that we do. <laughs> that is true. And way to get the name of it right. Cause it's no longer green room. It's no longer Spotify or no longer locker room. No longer Spotify green room, Spotify live now. Oh, so I got to change this podcast. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Cheers. All right. Well, we're off to an awkward start here as always. And uh, I feel like today we're getting close to the draft. We're getting a little bit of the draft fatigue showing up. Uh, I really wanted to break down all 60 minutes of that Michigan Panthers game, but Jeremy threatened to uh, just immediately eject me into the sun if I did that on here, first, his birthday. First overall pick, Shea Patterson. That's can't that's even the stay entire, on the field. Yeah. <laughs> that's the entire recap. You know, I, I think I think in a USFL game, if you're playing the USFL, you want as much like tape as you want. So I understand why. Jeff Fisher, I'm not fucking going seven to nine, played Paxton Lynch, but as after watching Paxton Lynch play in a USFL, I don't think he should have tried. That was not good from Paxton Lynch. That is all the USFL talk you're going to get on this podcast. Excellent. Thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> not, not, not worse than I thought it was going to be. Uh, we're going to round up some news here to start the show. And then uh, we're going to play our favorite game, Fact or Fiction. We haven't played in a while. I feel like we almost need imaging for this. And then once again, we have a listener mailbag. So we're already loaded up here. We are two weeks away from WrestleMania. I mean, the draft. And we are going to, we have a lot of festivities. We will unveil those to you and some of our special guests here next week. But we start with the big news of the week. Uh, Lions have signed Deshaun Deshaun or Deshaun? I I don't have Deshaun. Deshaun. Okay. Just making sure. Deshaun Elliott, safety, has signed with the Detroit Lions. And this is a big, this is a very big move, formerly with the Ravens. And uh, he comes into a safety room looking for some, looking for some, with a lot of questions. We broke down some of those a couple podcasts ago. Um, Jeremy, what does this really mean for the safety room? Well, it means that the Lions have accomplished what I always say they need to accomplish in free agency, which is get the roster to a point where 
they have playable players at every position. And safety was kind of the one thing, one puzzle piece that was kind of missing with this roster because we were staring down. I mean, they really hadn't replaced uh, anyone in that room. Um, noteworthy enough, at least. Uh, so Deshaun Elliott it brings starting capabilities. He, he played, you know, the last, I think, 13 or so games he played with the Ravens. He was the starter there. The, the big concern there is injuries, um, ton of injuries, um, lost almost all of his 21, 2020, wow, 2021 season due to injury. Um, so that's a big concern but when he's out there on the field like he was part of a pretty good Ravens defense at times um probably better as a as a strong safety a guy that can play but closer to the line that could potentially be kind of that Will Harris KT role that we were talking about last week um but you know he he's also played a lot of coverage and he's been decent at it former sixth round pick so um not not a complete scrub off you know off the the trash heap or anything this is a guy that that's capable of starting and now the lines don't have to go safety if they don't want to. Um, it, it's not a long-term fix, but it, it, it falls in line with the rest of their, their kind of selections in the first two years in, in free agency. You're getting a guy who, who's got a prove-it deal. We don't know the exact terms of it yet, but high upside. If it works out, great. He might get in a second contract here and get a pay raise. If it doesn't, well, he's not on the books any longer. So uh, you move on and, and you draft someone next year. You get someone in free agency next year. So it's a clean move. I like the move. It's not, it's not franchise altering, but it's, it's a guy. He fills a hole. Really. I think what the biggest hole in this roster was, which was a starting capable safety next to Tracy Walker. Yeah. And, and I think just to expound on that a little bit, like his season where he, he did get, um, you know, I, I would consider like a, a full level of snaps uh, 2020. He played um, just over a thousand snaps for the Ravens. And surprisingly he played 736 of those snaps at free safety uh, played 191 of those snaps in the box and played 122 of those along the defensive line um, right. because of what they do in the, in the Raven scheme. But that shows his flexibility that shows his uh, you know, how, how the lions can maybe uh, move him around and, uh, you know, as, as we've talked with Eric in our, in our green room sessions, like that is going to allow for the lions to do more things because he, he can play up close to the line. He can play back. They can fill that split safety role, as you mentioned. So, um, but the biggest question mark is health, right? Like Deshaun Elliott wouldn't be around to be signed right now. If it, if he didn't come with a caveat and that caveat is health and the greatest ability is availability. And, that's, that's what it boils down to. Like if he, if he can be on the field, that's a plus for Detroit. It's just, I think the Lions still need to do something at safety. Yeah. And like it, that it, it fits with every other free agent signing they've done. Like even DJ, even the big one, DJ shark, the theme there is once again, had some health, uh, had, had health concerns last year and it's a prove it deal. It's another prove it deal as the Lions continue to fill the void in years, want to compete, but also aren't ready to start locking in guys long-term through free agency. You mentioned, though, the concern about safeties. And as I, the big apparent Kyle Hamilton honk on this POD cast, I don't know if it really knocks me off Kyle Hamilton at all. I think I, I think to Jeremy's point, it, it goes along with everything we've always known about the lions, which is like have someone in place just in case you decide to go a different direction uh, for your draft, or if the guy you want isn't there, 
Um, I think it makes it a little less likely. I, I've come to the terms that it's probably most likely going to be one of the edge rushers at the top of this draft, but I'm still on board on Kyle Hamilton here. I'm still, I still like the idea. I'm not taking him off the board. I'm not taking him. I'm not, I'm not this, this move. I don't think has much of any impact on, on what the Lions should or will do in the draft. You could argue that they know they have a shot at Kyle Hamilton. So if, if they were sold on Kyle Hamilton, maybe they don't make the signing, but even if they are sold on, it's, Kyle still, Hamilton, it's still a good depth signing. It's no. still a good depth signing. He's going to be fairly cheap. He's probably going to cost them more in the one to 2 million range. And you have to protect yourself in case of injury. And I mean, let's read down the safeties that are signed. You got Tracy Walker, you got mm-hmm. Will Harris, who might be kind of bouncing around in the secondary CJ Moore, special teamer, Jalen Elliott, special teamer, Brady breeze, Guy that we don't really yeah, know. We're, much start, about. we're starting to get deep on there. Like Deshaun, like if it's Elliot or if it's or if it's Kyle Hamilton or if it's or if it's uh um like one of those guys, you, I mean safety starts to play in the slot a little bit more or something. Like as right. you say, safety is kind of the big thing now. We've talked about uh, flexibility at the safety position in modern schemes for for the NFL. I'm still not off. You can't kill me yet. I know a lot of Lions fans are tired of my of my bleep. Probably more tired than uh, uh, not as tired as people with Ly- with Ryan and Malik Willis. But uh, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not moving off. I'm not moving off Hamilton. The the reason why you shouldn't even even if you know this signing works out is he's still only signed till this year through this year. They only have two guys signed beyond this year, and that's Tracy Walker, who they just gave a big extension, and Brady Breeze, a guy that might not even make the roster. So, uh, yeah, safety is still very much a long-term need, and adding Deshaun does nothing to change that. And he, he might not even be a starter. Again, Like I think he's good depth to have if you go out and draft a rookie that you're starting right away. So I, I think it's a smart signing because it gives you depth in case of injury, and it also gives you a starter in case – the, the board doesn't fall up how you like. So I don't think it changes the draft plan. I think it's a smart move. No complaints here. Yep. Uh, we've got some big pre-draft visits this week. Uh, so Monday, today, the 18th, Lions are taking a look at Ed Michigan man, Aiden Hutchinson, who, again, the question is, like, is he even going to be there at number two? He seems to be consensus number one pick. At this point, Although not quite kind I, of shifting I, kind, a little bit, kind of shifting a little bit. Nobody, we are clearly in the fog of war of this draft right now. If we, I mean, we, we always were, but I mean, you've seen it. The knives are out for Thibodeau. Everyone wants to tank, like tank his stock with the, with the question. So who knows Monday they're hosting Hutchinson. And then Tuesday it's Ryan's favorite guy. Malik Willis is in town. Auburn transfer quarterback, Malik Willis, who seems to be the favorite on a lot of boards to go as the first quarterback off there. The question is, is that will he go as early as two? Because I've seen a lot of people say it's a stretch, but then start mocking him at like six to the Panthers. But but then Wednesday, Kenny Pickett, who we really haven't talked a lot about, who has very quietly been behind Willis in a lot of the pre-draft hype. So what do you take of these visits, Ryan? What do you, what do you take of, of like, these are three really big names coming off there, like, Pickett's kind of on the outside and that feels like due diligence, but what, what do you take of these visits? What do you think the lions are really looking for here? Well, I, I think that's the easy answer, right? Is the lions own the second overall pick. So they should do, do their quote unquote due diligence on any player that 
could be taken there because who knows, maybe a team is willing to trade up for that pick. Right. And that's the thing that we all get excited about are, are trade up scenarios. But I think the first things first, I think the Malik Willis visit is very interesting because they, they got all the time that they needed with him at the senior bowl. Right. Yes. Right. Like I, I'm not, I'm not sure that they really needed to spend a, a, you know, a top 30 visit on a guy who they spent an entire week and some change with. And I don't know if that fans, the fans of the flames that, that I, that I can see right now, but I, I find that the most interesting. I find that the most interesting, the Kenny Pickett thing is a little, is a little bizarre to me though. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the Kenny Pickett stuff. Maybe, maybe I think, I think other fans, no, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to interject real quick. I would say, I think other Lions yeah. fans would call this a Brad Holmes smoke screen. I don't think, I, I still contend that NFL teams don't work like that. I feel like we fans kind of make up this idea that everyone's being Sun Tzu trying to do these misdirection things. But if I, I think that's my main logic here on Kenny Pick is it feels like a smoke screen here. It's like, oh, we might be interested in Pickett. I, I think it's just the Lions leaving no stone unturned on the top prospects at each position, like the lions, they brought in Kyle Hamilton, you know, they brought in Aiden Hutchinson. Now they're bringing in the top two quarterback sauce. prospects. So they brought in sauce, um, Nicobe Dean, maybe, maybe the top linebacker on the board outside of Devin Lloyd. So they've really, I mean, they're, I, I hate to say it. Cause like I said, it's the easy answer, but I find the Malik Willis visit to be the most interesting just because they have spent the most time with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that could also kind of be a smokescreen, right? Like you're right. Like they, they probably got all the information they need from the senior bowl. So maybe they're just like, they're highlighting to the rest of the league. Look at us. We might be interested in Malik Willis. You better jump us and go take him or something. You know, if you want him, you better jump into one so that we get Aiden Hutchinson or something. I, I don't know. I, I think the interesting kind of factor that we don't know about this is we don't know how Brad Holmes treats top 30 meetings last year. They didn't have him because of COVID, right? Right. They, they were just doing everything virtual. So this is our, our first year of really seeing um, Brad Holmes utilize these top 30 visits. And I do find it interesting that he's using a lot on top, you know, top 10 guys, because you only get 30 of them. A lot of people decide to spend them on, on lower end guys so that you, you get to know some of these guys that you don't get to meet at, at senior bowls or combines, maybe guys that don't even go to the combine, things like that. So um, it, it's, it's interesting and, and we won't really know until the draft to see what he's actually using these for. Um, I think we are expected to meet with Brad Holmes one time before the NFL draft. And it, it'd be interesting if he gets any questions about his philosophy of, of, about using these top 30 visits. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's all just kind of like a big, like question mark. It, I, obviously I think, even even if there is an ounce of smokescreen to any of these, I think there's value in these getting to know these top 10 prospects, because like you said, you want to know how valuable these guys might to be other teams. You want to know how valuable they might be to you in case you trade back or forward or whatever it is. Maybe you maybe you want to consider trading up from 32 if Kenny Pickett is still on the board at 25. You know, um, you, you want to make sure you know everything. I give it to the big, big X too. I'm not, I'm yeah. not a fan of doing but that. I'm but, so, yeah, but you, but you, you have that because they've diligence. got 32 and 34. They can easily package up and move into like the twenties or even like maybe the very low teens with that package. You, you just, you, you want to make every, make sure you have every possible outcome covered and, and thought about. And, and listen, Pickett is not a bad player. I don't think he's going to be, I, I, I think maybe his, 
I think the reason why people aren't as excited about him is he doesn't have maybe the physical traits to, to be an elite tier guy. He doesn't have the ceiling of a guy like Malik Wills, but I think he's going to come in and, and play at least decently. Okay. To start. I think he's mo- the most pro ready out of the bag. The problem is that's not really what the Lions are looking for right now. They don't need a guy that's ready out of the bag. They can develop a guy. They can season a guy behind Jared Goff. So I, don't, I agree that it, it's, it's the more curious of the visits, um, but I'm not like if he's, if he's there late in the first, I'm not completely ruling it out that the lions consider it at least. I'm not, I, I know I've been kind of touting the flag of, I don't, if you're not picking your, your quarterback at two, you shouldn't pick him at all. But if, if, if a guy falls far enough where you're like, eh, I was borderline taking him at two, but if he's still there at 32, like I got, maybe I, I, it's all about high upside, right? It, this is a question that we're going to tackle later in the ma- mailbag, but right. Um, I mean, know, if, like if they, the they is again, big enough. again, like it's not even just there at 32. If he's there around the twenties or so you pack him something with 32 and 34, just go straight up and talk to like, you know, Pittsburgh or someone, I don't know. You could easily put that together and maybe get back like, you know, a later second or third round along with it too. just move your, move your positions around. Like suddenly your quarterback's right there. And I agree. Like, you know, if you, if the quarterback falls that far and you like it enough, then you go and take it. I will say this about the idea of waiting and seasoning a guy. Um, I, 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 I agree in principle, but I was just having this conversation on, on our pre-show stream is that, we're kind of seeing the cautionary tale of taking a guy that you think is going to sit there and development develop in San Francisco. Cause I still think there's big questions of Trey Lance ever being an NFL quarterback at this point. Like it doesn't Jordan, Jordan, you don't have to leave the division. Jordan love no, Jordan, Jordan love. I mean, but I feel like, I feel like there's, there's different reasons for those like love was I, well, actually. Yeah. No, no, that's right. Yeah. Love, love was a bizarre move, but then Trey Lance was highly touted top of the draft and it's been a year and it's looking more and more likely by the day that San Francisco is going to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo because they've got no answer to, I know you don't believe it, Jeremy, but like I, I, we're this close to the draft and Jimmy G is still in San Francisco. I don't know. We'll see. I, I just know the, the reports I've heard out of San Francisco are not promising to it. So it's kind of the cautionary lesson there, but you know, either way, whoever gets picked is going to be sitting at least a year because of, you know, Jared Goff is still under contract. And we'll get into that in fact to fiction because there's been a lot of people who really want Detroit to shake it up at quarterback with someone else. And we have only to say no. Uh, one last bit of news here before we move on to said factor fiction. Lions only have eight picks in the draft. I think we had talked about this before, Jeremy. Uh, we thought for a while they were going to have nine, but uh, no seventh round anymore. Um, as someone who has been working a lot of overnights and probably missed some of the news, let me tee it up as the ignorant person, Jeremy. What happened? <laughs> uh, I don't know. The NFL really bungled this one. I mean, the lines weren't screwed out of a pick here, but they sent out met like official memos to the league, to the media twice that had the lines picking. I don't remember the number of it, but um, basically a pick from or uh, I think from Cleveland, maybe I don't remember what the original trade was, but it was, it was believed that when they traded for Trinity Benson last year, they, they traded a fifth and a seventh and it was that seventh. Um, but the seventh was listed there as a lion's pick twice. And as, as recent as last week, they had the lines listed with that pick. Uh, but it turns out uh, due to, um, or after reports from two people from the athletic, that that is indeed Denver's pick. And so the, the conditions were met. 
it was a conditional pick. We did find it that out, but the conditions were met. I think the conditions, if I remember correctly, are just that the Lions had a, a higher pick than Denver. Denver would get the higher pick between that pick and their own pick or whatever. And that's the higher pick. And so now they have that pick and the Lions now uh, only have eight picks and we can kick our feet up in the seventh round and just kind of relax the rest of the way, which is very nice from a, a media standpoint. Uh, I'll spin it a different way, Jeremy. Uh, once again, the NFL is screwing the Detroit Lions. Uh, the conspiracy <laughs> is out. Uh, Detroit versus everybody. Uh, Ryan, do you, do you agree with this? This is both same old Lions to lose this pick, and also the NFL just wants to put Detroit down. I, I heard they had to give it up in order to get the draft in 2024. That's what Ooh, I heard. Blackmail behind the deal. <laughs> Wheeling and deal. $200 million in, in profits for the city of Detroit for a seventh-round pick? That's a steal. That is, that is great value. And Trinity Benson. (laughs) (laughs) Killing me here. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to play fact or fiction, fact slash fiction, fact or fiction. Uh, We need more games in our show anyway. We should probably come up with imaging with this because I like this enough then. I think we've played this a few times before, haven't we, Ryan? This is one of your staples. I like this game. I do. I do too. Deal with draft rumors. Draft rumors, free agency rumors, 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 rumors. And we're going to break it all down next on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast where fact or fiction. What I, 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 I was thinking a little bit on imaging for this and I'm just tr- sitting here, Ryan, how, how would we do imaging for fact or fiction? What, what is our intro for fact or fiction? I feel like it has to be really old timey game show effects. Bum, bum, I, I'm bum, sure that's right up Jeremy's bum, bum, alley. Some nice horns. Yeah. Yeah. Like Price that. is right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Did you watch a lot of, uh, did, you, did you watch a lot of game shows, Jeremy? All of them. Huge game show fan. Including Drew, Drew Carey's original. What was Drew Carey's original game show he was on? Like, Whose line? Was it whose line? Yeah, it was whose line is it anyway? That's not a game show. 
That's just an improv show. That doesn't you watch. They give out points and they matter. <laughs> you clearly didn't watch the show because <laughs> well, the points um, don't matter. Points don't matter. Uh, I, I remember the show I used to watch a lot as a kid for some reason, because my dad would have early comedy central on was uh, win Ben Stein's money. Yeah. With Jimmy Kimmel. And Ben Stein. And Ben Stein. And Ben Stein. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about factor fiction. So we've got a bunch of stories here. and We're going to suss through and find which ones are fact and which ones are sussy fiction. The sus among us. Um, I, I threw this in at the top and this is our only one. I, we've got a lot of uh, draft ones here, but I want to start with one that's more free agency. And um, this is nodding to a few organizations that have been really uh, bleeping this chicken to try to make fetch happen. And that is that Baker Mayfield would be a really good fit to land in Detroit embattled soon to be former Browns quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who nobody seems to really want right now, especially for whatever price Cleveland is probably asking for them. Cause they got Deshaun Watson. Baker Mayfield is looking for a new home. And a lot of people believe that he would land very well in Detroit. Fact or fiction, I think this is an easy answer to warm us up, but I feel like the explanation here is what is important. Do you want to take this, Jeremy, or should I sure. go first? Unload. It's, it's, you said a lot of people think this would be a good fit. I think it's just Mike Florio just <laughs> throwing it against the wall. After like He found out that John Dorsey was in Detroit. He's like, well, John Dorsey drafted him, so he must love him. Like, and they, they need a quarter. No, 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 no. Baker Mayfield's ceiling is not that much higher than Jared Goff, if at all. There's no sense in in adding another guy who may but probably isn't going to be your your future quarterback and is going to cost you extra assets, it's going to cost you extra cap space. No. Stop it. No. Bad Stop Florio. It. Get some help. Bad Florio. I need a newspaper to knock him on the head. No Florio. Bad Florio. Baker Mayfield's cap hit too is like $18.9 million this year. Yeah. Why would you do that? Like people don't realize like Jared Goff's under contract for two years and Goff and Mayfield are pretty much in that same tier of quarterback. You can argue whether or not Mayfield or Goff are like marginally better, but if you're not upgrading your tier of quarterback, what's the point? Yeah. Also nothing would be more unsettling to me, if I was Jared Goff, then the Detroit Lions bringing in Baker Mayfield, because at least Jared Goff can look at him and be like, I'm better than that guy. Jared Goff, I and mean, he believe it doesn't that. mean anything, but he went to a Super Bowl. Like the, the other side of this coin is, as I shared this with you, Chris, before the show, for whatever reason, there, there's an odds maker out there that has the Lions as the second most likely team to start Jimmy Garoppolo in week one. I don't, I don't get it. What? I really don't. No, guys, it's making a lot of sense. The Lions should just acquire every mediocre quarterback <laughs> that they can. Use them into one Voltron entity. <laughs> Jared Goff is the head. Jimmy Garoppolo as the um, the face. Actually, I was going to uh, let's put Jimmy Garoppolo as the face because I don't want his arms or his legs. Right. He's uh, very Mayfield, handsome, though. Yeah, very, very handsome. Uh, Mayfield can be like the legs. Let's get Tannehill in here for the for the other leg and maybe an arm like this is. Uh, yeah, let's let's Jared this Voltron Garoppa field. Ryan Garoppa Red Garoppa field. Ryan Garoppa field. Appernick. Fitzpatrick. 
All right. Um, next it should be a hyphen. It should be a hyphenated last name with just Fitzpatrick, <laughs> <laughs> like the amalgamation hyphen Fitzpatrick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Next factor fiction, and maybe we can finally move on from and see if we got factor fiction here. As once again, the scub being out about Kayvon Thibodeau, and of course, the big thing up there is everyone is wants to talk about where Kayvon Thibodeau's head is if it's really into football, and that runs up against popular conceptions of Dan Campbell, who is all football so much that he probably eats football with his coffee. Uh, it, the factor fiction I have for you is Kayvon Thibodeau isn't a Dan Campbell guy. Yeah. So this one is via, I think it was Albert Breer. Breer. Mm-hmm. He quoted a, a, an exec. I'm not sure if it was a, a GM or, or whatever, but it, an exec. Our favorite, our favorite source is nameless executives. Yes. And that exec, exec specifically said, we're pretty sure he's not a Dan Campbell guy. I'm, I'm not buying it. Like I'm not, I'm not saying he's, it, it's possible, but I'm just, I'm not buying it at this point. I, we, we talked about it a lot on, on the, the Spotify live where I just think, He's, he's, he's got a bit of arrogance, but what 21 year old that's about to get paid millions of dollars doesn't have a certain level of arrogance. But I think, I think he's not, he's not like a troublemaker. I don't think he's a troublemaker. And that, that I think is, is maybe the most concerning thing that, that the lines would have to deal is, is a guy that that's not going to have his head on straight when he walks through that building. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is a hardworking player. And I think most people that, that are around him know that he's a hardworking player. And that is I mean, I don't, I don't have to speculate there. That is what Dan Campbell said is the only thing that matters. If you are a hard worker, when you step through those built those, those doors of that building in Allen park, that's all that matters. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau is still that guy. So the, the, everything else is just noise. And I, I think the, the noise has just been amplified to a ridiculous point at this part. And, and, and plus why trust an NFL executive at this point in the season? No, I think Kayvon Thibodeau would be fine. Under Dan Campbell, and Dan Campbell would be fine with Kayvon Thibodeau. Can, can I, I just want to voice my only concern about Kayvon Thibodeau? And again, I'm viewing this from afar, and it's just a compilation of different interviews I've watched of Kayvon Thibodeau. The the way that he comes off as a me first kind of person, not saying that that can't work in the NFL. Like you have to have a very measured amount of confidence within yourself, yep. and, and it, it it's different than arrogance, but I just, I view him as a, I'm going to go out and get mine guy okay. versus being, I think what Dan Campbell's considers a guy who's like all in on the team. Maybe, but this goes to your point that we talked about Jeremy on the, uh, I think it was the Spotify live that we did, but I, I think it goes to the point of can the lions absorb a player like that right now in their rebuild? Like, yeah. can they take a guy who, who might be a, a me first kind of player? I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'm obviously, I'm not putting any, um, I'm not putting any, uh, any faith behind a, an anonymous executive. So I'll go fiction on this as well though. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fiction. I'm fiction on this because a anonymous source, our favorite source, but also be like, I feel like the lions really don't have the luxury to pick and choose who is a fit when you're at this point. Um, like, I mean, it's important, but at the same time, if like the question is about Kayvon Thibodeau being a little bit me first and being off the clock, sometimes like you're not, really this is this kind of a bit of beggars can't be choosers and again you might not have your first pick 
of edge rusher if you're going that way. So like you got to be flexible on it no matter what. And I think that's also a good sign of any good coach is to be flexible as well. Uh, all right. This is via Jordan Schultz for this one. Uh, Schultz report. I am told the Lions want to continue adding speed slash playmaking on the perimeter for Jared Goff, who will once again be the guy in Detroit. So Jordan's calling fiction on the Baker Mayfield right there. Um, three players they like, North Dakota State's Christian Watson, Purdue's David Bell, and Tennessee's Vellis Jones Jr. So we're looking for speed and playmaker on the perimeter looking into the draft. Jeremy, fact or fiction? Uh, I, I mean, it, I think there's definitely a kernel of effect to that, but I, I don't know. I wide receiver to me, at least isn't as big of a need as everyone is making it out to be. I think, I think the lines have guys that they like at the position that they're willing to go into 2022 with um, long-term it's, it's certainly a need and, and they want to figure things out. Uh, whoever's going to play next to Amon Ra in, in, in the long term. But I mean, I, I guess I still have to go fact here because you have to look back to, to what they've been saying all off season, right? Go back to saying, uh, you know, Antoine Randall saying they want to, you know, sign a couple and draft a, a few. And they, they've been saying consistently they want an X receiver. I, I do think they like DJ Chark a lot though. And I think they're hoping he works out long-term. Um, I, I don't think the one-year deal is just like you're a bridge. I think they're hoping that turns into something bigger. And if it does turn into something bigger, well, suddenly X isn't a big need at all. Like suddenly he's a young player. They, they can lock him up long-term. He seems to be happy with the culture here. I know it's still obviously really, really early, but um, that's why I think like, I don't think that they have to hit wide receiver in the top five picks, you know, top 97 or whatever they have with those first five picks. Um, but you know, they have been pretty consistent with their message that they, they want more competition there. So I guess I'll go fact, but I think there is a little bit of fiction sprinkled in there. So compliments by comparison, aren't really compliments, but if we take stock of where the lions wide receiver room is going into this draft versus where it was going into last draft, you have to imagine that the lions are thinking that they're in much better shape than they were a year ago. Yeah. Right. Like with, just thinking about where they were last season and they waited all the way until the fourth round to get Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, I, they're very much going to be in best player available mode. So I, I want to say this is fact, right? Because why wouldn't they want to add speed and playmaking? That's how football games are won. But I, I I don't know why David Bell's in there. David, (laughs) David Bell was a, he was a big playmaker in college, but then had maybe one of the worst combines and doesn't really have speed. So that would, I don't know. Curious. Maybe he, maybe he could be had in the fourth round, but the Lions don't have a fourth <laughs> round pick. I, I, and I'm not sure what I think of Velas Jones, honestly, like he, super athletic guy, but kind of more of a slot guy. And I don't know if that's a huge need for the Lions. Like they, they obviously that that's somewhere where I'm on rock and play and they, 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 they like some of the guys they have there at the position. I mean, Cephas, yeah. Cephas can play a little bit. Um, who's the guy that they re-signed that, that threw the touchdown pass? Why can't I Khalif think of his Raymond. name? Khalif Raymond. They like Khalif Raymond a lot, and he can play that spot. So, Oh, I'm sorry. Tom Kennedy is the one who no. threw the touchdown oh, pass. Oh, you're right. But I actually was thinking but of Khalif, Khalif Raymond. caught it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, you, you, you answered incorrectly in the correct manner. 30 points. 
Um, I'm going to call fact on this just because, um, here, here's, here's the force equalizer. And I know, I think Jeremy, you said he's learned his lesson from last year, but I'm never going to forget how very excited Brad Holmes was to try to potentially trade up to get Jamar chase. Sure. Clearly he wants some options at wide receiver. And I don't think he's done with just Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown as like those big acquisitions. I feel like this is, especially given how deep this class is, it could even, I, I mean, I, I said it earlier, like we were talking about maybe trading up to get a quarterback. I mean, I could see them packaging 32 and something else to try to, if they want to try to get jump Drake, the Lund- oh jump, the jump the Packers and get Drake London or if Olave <laughs> drops that far or something like, could you imagine though, too, if you jump the Packers and you get like the great. wide receiver, they're going to take that is that's worth trading up. You, you will and, admit that as team trade down, you will admit that. Right. It, it would make me smile temporarily. And okay. you know, if they got rid of more late picks, even better. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, the, the other thing to consider here is like the crazy market that wide receivers are at. Right. Is, is it's yeah, it's starting to heat up a little bit because yeah. it's ridiculous in free agency. Yeah. It's uh, and, and again, I think part of this too, is you're looking for a specific guy, like again, speed playmaker versus big body, which I felt, like for a while, it looked like they were wanting big body body, but I think shark kind of uh, fits that role, which we didn't even talk about shark when we're talking about that wide receiver room right there. But I don't think that changed anything. If you want a speedy guy on the outside, like I know. talked about him. We did. I, I, I think, I, th- I think sharks, I, I think, like I said, I, I think shark could be a long-term plan. They just had, they, they gave him a one-year prove it deal. Prove it deal. Yep. But I, I think they like him a lot and I think he likes it here. So if, if things work out, I'm not, I'm not, the thing I'm not selling on is, is DJ Chark being here long-term. Right. Well, we've got a lot more fact or fiction, so we'll try to move a little brisk at a more brisk pace on this one. Everything that Lions fans are crossing their fingers at Jaguars drafting an offensive tackle at number one. There are still mock drafts that have Evan Neal going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jeremy fact or fiction. Yeah. This one picked up some heat last week. I I'm not buying, I'm full on fiction. I, I, this it almost seemed it's unlikely hopium. before. This is hopium for Aiden Hutchinson. It is, and I understand Trent Belke said something about wanting to bulk up the offense more, but they've they've already invested a lot in the offensive line. I know. I think at the combine he said you can never have too many offensive linemen. Not buying it at all. I'd be shocked, shocked if the Jaguars went offensive tackle. No, fiction. Fact. I think the I, I I think the Lions fans have that hopium, Chris, but I think Doug Peterson wants an offensive tackle. I think mm. Doug Peterson wants an offensive tackle to protect Trevor Lawrence. I'm gonna say fact. Even with all the money they kicked to Robinson, who cares? Okay. Who cares? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because because for for how. <laughs> For at least a couple of weeks there, I had to endure everybody saying that the Lions should draft a tackle and play him at guard. So <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars can do that too at number one. Okay. Um, I'm also going to throw this one in here. We know where G- Ryan stands on this, but um, since he's taking offensive tackles, so I guess I'll tweak this. I'm going to call that fiction. I still think you're taking Hutchinson, but I will go to Jeremy on this one because I think it's Hutchinson, but the other factor fiction I have for you is Jaguars. Once again, this feels like lion's hopium Jaguars drafting Trayvon Walker. This one, I'm a little more curious about really, really. I I think the Walker stuff is completely overblown. I, I don't know, man. 
I there's there's been a lot more smoke to this one, I think, than no, than fiction. the offensive tackle. Harry Potter fiction here. It's it's tough. I, it would it would be it would certainly be a surprise. I'm with you. I I still very much think Aiden Hutchinson is the pick, and I think I think we're just getting bored with ourselves and, and throwing new things against the wall. But I feel like this one is picked up from multiple sources that think Balky is the guy that that loves the athletic freaks at, at, at edge and Balky does weird stuff. He's not a very popular guy because he does weird stuff, but he's had success on grabbing the athletic crazy guy that, that wasn't the more, you know, stable prospect or the more polished prospect. I I, I think it's probably fiction, but I'm much more willing to believe this one than offensive tackle. Ryan, you're taking offensive tackle. They're taking, They're taking offensive, offensive tackle. tackle. Okay. They might, they might, they might take Trayvon Walker and play him an offensive tackle. <laughs> might so, play both sides of right, the ball. All right. If you were to, re- you think offensive <laughs> tackle is more likely than Aiden Hutchinson? Well, do you remember the Albert Breer report where the exec said the thing about Kayvon Thibodeau? He basically said that <laughs> Balky would probably feel like he'd get bullied for not taking Aiden Hutchinson. Like that's the safe pick. <laughs> right. So I can see why he would just take Aiden Hutchinson, but. And he seems like based on his reputation, I don't know him personally, based on his reputation, he seems like the guy that would give into peer pressure like that. Like he doesn't yeah. want to get booed. I mean, he's worked, he's worked with some like just a-hole quote coaches. So I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Speaking of Albert Breer, uh, Breer with another tweet out, heard that the lions like Kyle Hamilton. I, I think it's fact. I, I, I hate to, I hate to keep drumming this one up, but like, I, I want to reiterate, I think Kyle Hamilton isn't play at, at two. And I can't shake that quote from Dan Campbell, where he says, listen, I know there are people on the outside that think this guy might not have value here. We don't think about that. We think about, is this guy going to be a starter for us for the next four or five beyond that, you know, be a, a part of this foundation. Kyle Hamilton can be a part of this team's foundation. It almost sounded like he was speaking specifically with him in mind. And so I think it's absolutely a pause. It it wouldn't be what I choose because I do think safety is a little bit of a deeper position that you can get good value uh, in at 32 or at 34. But as we, we spoke with Danny Kelly, like that safety position is starting to get more and more valued in the NFL. People are paying more money for them. And with that, people are going to start taking them earlier. And I know it's only happened once ever second overall pick a safety. It's going to get a lot of booze. It's going to get a lot of negative reaction. It's going to have certain people at certain media publications blow up and, and say stupid things into a camera, but man, I, I think it's on the board. I really do. And, and I, it would not shock me out of all the things we just talked about. This one would shock me the least. Uh, I like ice cream. Miss Lippy's car is green. I bet the Lions like Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> Facts. It's true. All of it. Everything. I'm quoting Star Wars here. Yes, I am. Because it's true. They like Kyle Hamilton. I will be vindicated. I will be vindicated through the Ringer article talking about the rising value of safety. I'll be vindicated talking about how um, you know, like how the Legion of Boom existed and how Earl Thomas was a stir that straw, uh, the straw that stirred that drink. Yes. Safety isn't crazy. Kyle Hamilton is the one sole blue chip player in this draft. I like Kyle Hamilton at the top of this draft. I do. I'm sorry. 
I do. I know, I know I've been getting a lot of discord messages telling Chris, knock it off. We're taking an edge rusher. I refuse. Do not, do not yell. Do not yell log off at my house. I will never log off. Kyle Hamilton, baby. True, 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 true. All right. Um, next factor fiction lions are cool with their linebackers. Fiction Jeremy shaking his head. Fiction, fiction yeah. all the way. I'll, I'll scream it to the top of the mountaintops from the top of the mountaintops. Lions only have one linebacker signed after this season. It's, it's their biggest need. Maybe they're okay with the guys that they've got now. Maybe Alex Anzalone and, and Derek Barnes are, are fine as your two starting linebackers, but dear Lord, we, Brad Holmes talks about it all the time. He has to, you have to look years down the future with the NFL draft. If you're okay, if, if they are truly okay with their linebackers, not just from a short term, but a long term perspective, we got the wrong guys in charge. So I am, I am doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down. Fiction, 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 fiction. For a guy who hedges, that is a bold statement. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I remember Dan Campbell at the senior bowl during the actual game when they had him at the sideline. And I think he mentioned both depth on the offensive line and he mentioned linebacker mm. um as like just like you know just him being very honest and open and you know probably revealing too much but at the same time jared davis <laughs> alex anzalone like they, they don't Hart, even have young guys on Dion hamilton please something anything it's, i just want a not- mike linebacker that's that's going to be a the leader here. It's not like there's anyone on that roster that is, that just needs the opportunity to just show himself as a full-time potential starter. There is there like, right. I know there's, there's some people that are like, Oh, Sean Dion Hamilton. They like, like he could potentially, no, stop, stop, stop it. We stop got, it. we got time for one more factor fiction. I think that is fi- complete Harry Potter fiction there, by the way. Um, last one here. We can make this one quick. Jermaine Johnson. Is he a legit, he could be a legit candidate at number two for the Detroit lions fiction. No way. No, no way. No, how? No, no. I am also fiction, but I, I am fascinated by the amount of people that really, really wanted to happen. And I guess I get it because there's, it, it, it's the whole, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none thing where, Aiden Hutchinson, short arms, low ceiling because he doesn't have like the bendiness of a true pass rusher. Kayvon Thibodeau has the character issues and maybe some issues with, with defending the run. Trevon Walker is, is a pure guess, you know, all the athletic traits, but not a lot of the production. Jermaine Johnson, production, good in the run, good against, you know, good pass rusher, just not elite at anything. So safe, a safer pick maybe than the other ones, but doesn't have the elite high ceiling that I think you need from a, a second overall pick. So I'm, I'm fiction. I'm going to say fiction, but not as fictional as all of the people on Twitter who think that the Lions should take sauce Gardner at number two. I would be happier with sauce Gardner at two. You'd be happier with Jermaine Johnson. Okay. Yeah, I would. I just think he's a better football player. No, he is. I just don't buy cornerback at all. But granted, like I'm the guy who also wants a safety. Anyway, let's move on to the mailbag. We've got a lot of questions this week. We will waste no time. We hand it over to uh, 
Ryan Matthews. What's your title, Ryan? Rock God. No, for the middle. No, I'm not saying it. Stop. Stop. Rock fingers. Knock it off. (laughs) Rock fingers. Ryan Matthew will introduce the mailbag next in the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Mail time, hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in or just flood Jeremy's mentions at Detroit Online when he asks for it, because you can tell he's not happy with the questions and wants more, more, more. He wants it all. I want it now. As always, at this time, I hand the reins over of being the adequate host to Sackmaster Ryan Matthews. <laughs> to open the mail sack and let us know who has been sending questions at us. So Ryan, we've got to move at a little bit of a brisk pace here because we've got quite a few questions, but take it away, my friend. Let's go. All right. Karen Lynn at a girl loves FB on Twitter says, what is the argument for taking quarterback at 32? I feel like if the lions love Willis, take him at two. Otherwise don't waste any picks on quarterback, push it till the next year. Jeremy, we talked about this with Danny Kelly a little bit, and he kind of had me come off my position a little bit of, I would maybe be okay with a quarterback at 32, but I think I'm with you in the sunset. Like if the Lions have their guy at two, which they will, they should just take him there. Yeah, that's that's basically how I feel. And if, if they don't feel that way, I think the benefit of getting an elite defender is something this team drastically needs. And so getting that at two and then waiting to see who's there at 32, I guess this is the argument, is that you get an elite defensive player, which this Lions team is lacking and has lacked really since Indomitian 2 was here. And then 32, if a guy that that unexpectedly falls to you, like Desmond Ritter is a guy that, that seems to be getting a lot of praise. If, if Desmond Ritter is there at 32, the argument there is that the the ceiling is is higher than any other pick that you can make. Is that that you could be maximizing your value there. If you get an elite quarterback at 32, you just won the draft. Yeah, it would be a hell of a it's basically a long shot gamble. You're taking you're taking a gamble that the guy you originally wanted at two is going to fall down 30 spots. You are basically you're you're putting it all on uh Ryan, you're the gambling guy. What would be the great example here? I was trying to go with a craps uh suggestion, but I'm blanking out. Uh just look at the Baltimore Ravens because they drafted Hayden Hurst and yeah. waited until 30. 30- to trade back up and and take Lamar Jackson. That that's that's a great example there. I would say the I, example. You're 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 basically splitting you're 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 splitting a twenty, or actually no wait, splitting a twenty is good. You're splitting. Ace, no, Ace is good. Ace, Aces know. is good to split. I, I, <laughs> I don't I, know. I, I lost I a lot. Of, listen, I lost a lot of money on blackjack last time I went to, went to Vegas. <laughs> I lost I lost like two hundred dollars in the blink of an eye. I'm not happy about it. Splitting fives. That would be bad. Don't split that, fives. Yeah. That would be splitting fives and then hitting blackjack twice. <laughs> I I, the, I guess the, the other point that can be made here is that 
you know, the Lions are doing all this homework on quarterbacks now. Part of the reason maybe is to do thorough research. And this is this is the point that, that Danny Kelly made is like, if you know the board and you know who's ahead of you and who's behind you and what they need and what they're thinking about some of those prospects, then maybe you can play You can gamble a little bit. You, you say like, I'm pretty sure Seattle's not going to take a quarterback here. I'm pretty sure the Saints made all these trades and just because they want two guys, they're not going to take a quarterback. And so you can kind of play the game a little bit and getting that elite tier defensive player early. And then you said you, all your sources, your internal sources, all this research that you're doing before the draft tells you that everyone in this draft is not high on quarterbacks or maybe one specific guy that you like that you are. And so you play the game and you wait there at 32 and you hope it, it works out in your favor. If it doesn't, then you, you kick the quarterback down the road into year. But don't do that. Yep. Just, just get a defensive Don't player. do that. Uh, at Lions fan 7278, Dave Smith, he asks us which current Lions player could be a true starter on at least half the teams in the NFL. And I feel like you don't have to go further than four guys on the offensive line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I think I'm on Ross St. Brown, but I'm just being the honk now. I think that's probably fair. TJ Hawkinson, you probably have to throw out there. He, yeah, but I, 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 and I, I'm not being facetious. I'm not being facetious when I say like Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, and Panay Sewell. Like I think people are underestimating how good of a line it is still to this day. And once again, you know, people keep talking about the trade value of Taylor Decker. I think that elicits your answer right there. <clears throat> but I mean, like, is there anybody on defense? Tracy Walker, mm. probably. Maybe yes. Monty would Monty start as CB two somewhere. Yeah. And on over half CB2 teams somewhere. CB two. If he could play slot corner, I think that would help him out too, but he's, I I'd what say about, Imani's on there. What about Charles Harris? Would he start or would he be a rotational no. guy somewhere? No, he'd be rotational. No. He'd be rotational. He only works in Detroit. Well, then get yourself an elite guy at two on defense question is say if they are no elite. more True. yeah that's that's the question right yeah. um zach m at nu zach on twitter says uh nicobe dean i've seen different takes on his fit for the lions one side any linebacker that is fast and makes plays would be a fit the other say he's a poor scheme fit because of the lack of size slash taking on blocks does this ambiguity on what lions want at linebacker make sense or is one side just flat out wrong okay let me go once again with my theory that leadership on defense comes up the middle um, and that Nicobe Dean was pretty much the brain of, I think you call it in the break, Ryan, the best defense we've seen in the history of college of college football at Georgia. It's up there. It's up it's there. Up there. I, I don't, he's, he's got everything I like out of it. I don't know about, I, I don't want to like, my belief is that when you get good players, you make the scheme fit them. That's, that's the superior thing. You don't lose yourself on scheme unless you're, unless you are Bill Belichick, but Bill Belichick is a preternatural creature that is just able to know exactly what he wants out of players. I feel like Nicobe Dean is everything I want out of a linebacker. He has that athleticism. He has that leadership. And I would want the lions to take Nicobe Dean hands down. No questions. I think, Part of the confusion about Nicobe Dean and the linebacker squad is, is some of the things Dan Campbell said, because one quote that I know Eric Schlitt keeps going back to is from last year before the season started. He's 
I, I think it was Campbell said he doesn't care about size. If he can, if he gets a linebacker that can run all over the damn field, that's what they're looking for. And Chris Spielman said, we're trying to get faster on the defensive side of the ball. But then you fast forward to, I think it was the combine. He kind of had a different saying. He, he, he wants the linebackers to be running downhill. He wants them to be more physical. He wants them to be tackling machines, that sort of thing. And so it's kind of hard to parse those two and, and mix that in with the, the move to four more four down fronts. Like, okay, it is what they want in a linebacker changing Maybe, but the one thing I keep going back to is look at the linebackers on this roster. Yeah. <laughs> look at the guys yeah, that they Anzalone, decided to bring back. Alex Draw Anzalone Dave. is 237. Chris Board is 229. Curtis Bolton, 228. Jared Davis is, is the heaviest guy on the team at 245. No, their linebacker is at 240. Anthony Pittman is. He's at exactly 240. Okay, Anthony Pittman, cool. So they, it still seems like undersized guys are a okay in this defense. I, I think Nicobe Dean is, is a fit. That's where I stand. Fair enough. I, uh, I'm also in that camp. So I, I agree with you in, in that sense. Um, Eric Thiessen on Twitter at Eric with a C underscore Thiessen. Is it Thyson, Thiessen? I don't know. Tomato, tomato. You're the GM though, Chris, who are you taking at two thirty two? And 34, and why? I would say uh, come over to twitch.tv slash no decaf and redeem channel points for another mock draft. Um, I've been doing several mock drafts today. And again, like this is this is just hard for me to answer because I don't know who's going to be there at 32 and 34. I've made my opinion known very clearly at two. I want, I and I feel like, I feel like, if I was if I was just going to go by position, I would want the safety. I would want Kyle Hamilton at two, and I feel like there are enough there are enough options at at the second tier of edge at thirty two and thirty four. Be it boy, be it like I don't know someone like a he'd be a bit of a reach, but like Boy Mafe or um, why am I blanking on what Abiketti the Penn State Abiketti or like there, there's so many other guys in that second. I mean, if Karloftis falls all the way to the end of the first round. Like, I think there's enough other edge that like you may not get an elite guy, but I feel like the risk is about is only a little less versus guys like Hutchinson, Thibodeau and Walker that, you know, I'm cool with that. And then probably what, whatever I don't take, I'm, I mean, that that's, that's flex between 32, 34. And then I'm, I'm going all defense here. Like I'm going all three levels of the defense and I want a linebacker. And like, I hate to lock myself into position, but I'm saying like, at 32, 34, I think the most value at that point and the best players available on the board are still going to be linebackers, uh, edge in this order, linebackers, edge, wide receiver. And I can't give you the exact names. I don't know who the hell those are going to be, but I feel like looking, just look at those classes. You'll probably get the most value there unless some, something bizarre happens and someone's just standing out. My, my dream draft is very simple because we all know Jacksonville is taking an offensive tackle due to inside oh, source God. Ryan Matthews. <laughs> yeah, uh, got it. Aiden Hutchinson, Nicobe Dean. And Kenneth Lewis, Walker. Lewis Seen. Done. I just fixed the lines. Lewis, sorry, I, I, I blew you up because I was making a joke about running backs. Who, who was your third one? Lewis Seen. Lewis Seen. Okay. Out of Georgia. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Um, I don't think you have to look any further than our mock draft that we did. Uh, last week, Jeremy, with uh, 
yourself, myself, and Eric Schlitt. Malik Willis at number two. We got Nicobe Dean at 32, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe we took who was at 34? Was it seen? I don't think so. No. Or no, no, no. Sorry. It was Daxton Hill at 32, Nicobe Dean at 34. Mm, that's right. We got we somehow got Daxton. That's not gonna happen though. I, I did no. want to ask too, because I've been thinking about the mock drafts too. Like as much as uh, as uh Christian Watson seems to be rising, do you think he'll even be there at 32? Because like he's the name I was thinking well, like with wide receivers, and now I'm just I don't know. I've seen I've seen him start to climb up into like the late twenties in some mocks. I, I think the most interesting discourse around Christian Watson is how him and George Pickens have been thrown into like the same barrel, and it's like just shake it up and whatever comes out is the guy that that team's going to take when they need an X receiver. Yeah, I think I think Christian Watson is basically like a fifty fifty shot in terms of Vegas odds to go in the first round right now. Yeah, it's uh put yeah, it on black. Have, put it on I'll black. Have to, I'll, have to, I'll have to double check those, but yeah. Um sports at night. Um at sports at night on Twitter says, Would you trade down to nine with Seattle, picking up another third this year and second next year, and have us, meaning the Detroit Lions, draft Jordan Davis. Hashtag clog the middle, hashtag double team. Well, we have talked before, Jeremy. Is this Mitch Albums burner. <laughs> The oh hashtag. We we didn't even talk in the scraps at all about that god awful column. Um, I I'll I'll punt this over to Jeremy as a as like a question, like because we've talked before about that defensive tackle is still very much so on the board for the for the Lions. Are you then comfortable then at the top at a top ten defensive tackle with the other needs the Lions have, and who else could all be there at nine? tricky I, I i don't know how this matches up with with you know the the draft board and things i feel like you're probably not quite getting enough value out of that trade if you're just talking about the picks two for let's nine just, let's just say third going, and next year's second let's just say you're going two to nine you're going a later round pick and then a high pick day one or two pick next year let's just make yeah, it i think you'd have whatever to get a you first want round, first the, round. The, the point the point is that you're losing well, two for nine yeah right but yeah i, I think it also needs to be underscored that if the Lions are making a trade like this, they need it to pay off. And I think preferably in the future. So nine, move down to nine, pick up a third, and let's say it's a first round next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jordan Davis. Let's the, the the possibility of drafting Jordan Davis at nine. I'm not completely against it, but you're talking about a nose tackle, essentially. Um, one that, that that has a little bit of pass rush upside. His athleticism is unbelievable. Um, no one... 341 pounds should move like that. And so he's, he's a unicorn in that sense. The question is how much does he make your team better? How much does having a guy like that make your team better as opposed to an elite pass rusher, as opposed to a, a wide receiver that that's a matchup problem, as opposed to a quarterback. Bearing and, in mind too, the lions are still waiting to see on year two, what Alan McNeil, McNeil sure. could be yeah. as their nose, which they invested a lot last year to take him as a nose tackle. Right. And they might be able to move those two around and, and get both of them on the field at once, mm-hmm. especially in four down fronts that they, they can make that happen Four three. Yeah. So I, I just, I can't bring myself to do it this high. I earlier, I would, I would like way early in the draft process. I, I had skepticism taking me at 32. He obviously won't be there anymore. 
I think nine's a little bit too early for this team that just needs high impact players. So this is to me, this is where you start talking about Jermaine Johnson. Maybe this is where you start talking about Drake London. Um, I, I think there's better value at more impactful positions at nine than going Jordan Davis, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. There, there is something very, very intriguing about Jordan Davis, Ali McNeil, Levi Owens, Enrique, Michael Brockers. You're building a pretty impressive trench up the middle, um, but I'm not there yet. I'm not there at nine. Yeah, I don't buy into a lot of the combine hype, so I'm not. I'm not on the. I, I the trade down. I like it. I don't know if I do it, and then Jordan Davis. Okay. All right. Uh, next question over the blue moon fan at UK lion fan on Twitter asks when thinking about Trayvon Walker, how important is film when looking at a prospect is Holmes more likely to select a college prospect with proven production over a combine workout warrior. The, the one thing I want to say is the only data that we have on this as Brad Holmes being the lion's general manager is he was all in on Panay Sewell. He sat out COVID year. Not a whole lot of tape on Panay Sewell. He was really in on Jamar Chase. Had had a, had a really good season at LSU, but sat out the COVID year in, in 2020. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Well, he, they did sit out those years, but I think they had enough tape on both those guys to, from 20 uh, – fuck, what was the COVID year? It was – 2020. So yeah, 20, I think they had enough tape on both those guys from 2019 to really kind of come to the logical conclusions on those guys. So I'm not throwing out the idea that I, I think, I think still tape kind of rules the roost at the end of the day, because you can, anyone can move really fast in underwear. But I think that when you're dealing with the stress and pressure of a game day, everything that hell is throwing at you on, on a gridiron, like, that tape's going to, that tape's going to win out and like good scouts and Brad Holmes, the college scout understand how to take that tape and extrapolate from it level of competition and separate that and see what the player is as he is, be it on like first step or on just how they, how they clean up or everything else. They, they, I think that Brad Holmes probably knows how to like, I, I feel like, prospect with proven production is is the way to go there, there's a couple of things that, to, that i want to point out here first is that brad holmes is is pretty consistently said he wants guys that play, can play football he doesn't it's not that he doesn't care about some of the athletic traits but i do think tape reigns supreme for for dan campbell for brad holmes for a lot of people in that front office but there's i i want to parse through your language a little bit here because Film rules all, but film doesn't necessarily mean production. You can show specific traits on tape that are, that maybe you don't get like with Trevon Walker specifically, maybe you see some pass rushing skills that he shows on tape in a certain amount of things, but Georgia didn't ask him to do that specifically. Or maybe he has a specific move that you really like the way he uses his hands, but he didn't do it enough. He wasn't coached up enough on it. So if, if you see that, it might not you, it might not translate to production but if you see specific traits that you like on tape that is going to be enough for Brad Holmes i don't think production necessarily has to come along with the tape that's fair 
All right. Um, I think we're going to wrap up shop here with our last question from like uh, Ashley, Ashley David Soden. Um, One of the uh, Roar of the Ashley. Lions guys. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, this guy gives me a lot of crap for wanting Malik Willis. So let's uh, <laughs> check out his question. I'm pretty um, sure he's team <laughs> Hamilton. I could be, I'm pretty sure he's team Hamilton. So he is and whatever. Um, at S O D E N A D, uh, just because I soda now. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, given we seemingly have depth now, how opposed to packaging 177, 181, and 218 to get an earlier pick or two would you be? Would you, uh, or he says, would let us get more starter level talent rather than throw darts? Um, I don't think you're getting I, a starter. I, I don't think, I don't think packaging too late uh three late 100s and an early 200 is get is going to move you up anywhere to get any kind of close to starter draft pick no these are just throw these are these are throwing this is throwing spitballs at the wall this yeah. what, what what in the madden ass trade is this i mean you could probably <laughs> you just want to insult ashy you could probably work your way into the fourth round there and uh, i mean that's kind of the last round where you're looking at potential starters um, yeah, from, from a writer perspective, I love it. Um, but I, I think part of the, the problem is, yeah, we have depth now, but you're also looking for long-term depth and I'm not sure the lions have all those long-term depth pieces that they want. Um, special teamers that, that are going to be on the team five years from now, four years from now, 10 years from now, whatever. And so I think, I think teams value maybe those fifth, sixth, seventh round picks a little bit more than we do just because. I mean, they, they, you need to round out your team with those guys. And yes, they have them now, but they're going to need them later as well. So I, I don't think they do something like that. The one thing that they might do, which is what they did last year, is you you reach into next year's picks, right? That's what they did with uh, with uh, Derek, Derek, Derek Barnes. Barnes. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a possibility. Um, if, 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 you know, that, that last third round pick 97 goes, they don't pick again until 177. I think there's a great chance that the, they maybe use a next year fourth or next year third to get back into that fourth round. If a guy that they really, really like is still there, I don't think they try to package every other pick and, and, and move up there, even though they have a limited amount of roster spots. That's it. My sack is empty. I love it when you empty out the sack, man. Makes me happy. Makes me happy. We get this all done. Uh, one more podcast to go before the draft. Well, yeah. POD cast. I should say we've got plenty of podcasts between then and now we've got first bites. We've got Spotify live. We've got all kinds of stuff, although, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to keep, we're keeping rolling strong. I think next POD cast, we will unveil people what we are doing for the draft. As if you are a longtime fan of POD, you understand that on Twitch, twitch dot dot. <laughs> twitch.tv slash pride of detroit the draft is our biggest party of the year you want to be watching us live put us on while the draft is going on another tv we will be watching along people will be coming in and out all the time we will be having a lot of fun we'll unveil more plans potential guests and everything else next week or wherever we can and uh it's almost upon us jeremy the end is almost in sight the maddening season is almost over. Yes, sir. All the mock drafts soon to be lost like tears <sighs> in the rain. Mad season. Is that like or, a Matchbox, Matchbox 20 album? 
this mad season. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. You know what? Screw it. We'll see you star side, everyone. Take care.